6: Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
7: Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching
3: FSR. listening to Fox Sports Radio.
0: What
7: Doug godly show. Fox Sports Radio. Yeah. Hope you're having a great day. We're broadcasting live from the brand new tirerack.com studios. Tirerack.com will help you get there an unmatched selection of fast free shipping free road hazard protection and over 10,000 recommended installers. Tirerack.com the way tire buying should be. By the way, I'm checking out com. This is an actually this is a fun sponsor to have during the break, right? Because then you're just I, I like to, I like I like cars. I like cars, I like rims and tires. That's 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 who I am. And uh because of it, I enjoy the sponsorship and um I'm also checking out the uh all the different products that they that they have. I'm a rims and tires guy. Are you... Jay Stewart, are you a rim and tire guy? You're Brea, so it's not really the flossy area of Southern California, but, uh, um, yeah, I'm, I, I like the the tire and wheel packages.
8: Um, yeah, you know what? I do. I like the way they look on other cars, but I've never been a guy that seeks out that stuff. To me, that's kind of... To me, that's like over-the-top spending. So I go with the custom wheels, custom tires, and then switch them out. Um, but I do like... I do like cool-looking rims. I've just never bought myself any.
1: Hmm.
4: Hmm.
7: Ramos, you a rim and tire guy?
4: I do like very nice tires. Uh, I don't know about the rims. I don't think that really matters to me. But the tires definitely are something that I, I make sure I try to get the best, the best for my type of car. Yeah.
7: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's a it's a safety thing, right?
4: It definitely is with a family and stuff. It definitely is a safety thing. You don't want to be on the treads, right? So
7: yeah, yeah, you don't want to be all, all the way down. What about you? Uh uh, Buyer, you're you're Midwest guy. I don't see you as a rim and tire guy.
0: No, just, no. I, I like Tire Rack, though, because I'm lazy, and they'll come yes. to your home and put your tires on. Put it so. right on there for you, right? <laughs> yes. So you're yes. You come out, you're like, hey, new yeah. tires. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, you know, but, and I
7: mean, like, all right, here's my credit card. It's done. I don't have to go in. I have to sit there and wait. <laughs> I can just watch nope. from my living room window. Yeah, nope. perfect. And you're sitting there, especially this weekend. And, you know, it's really hot in Cal, like ungodly hot in California. You're sitting there going, like, man, that's got to suck. Yeah. Well. Huh? Oh, I'm sorry, honey. What? Can you give me the iced tea? I, those guys look hot. I'm thirsty. Hey, That's just exactly. give them a bottle of water. Give them a you bottle know, of eases water. Eases the guilt. Yeah. Or you know, there's the hose out there. There's the hose out there, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, we drank from when we were kids. What's the big deal? I loved um, it. Huh? I who didn't love drinking from the hose? That's right. I mean, now we, it's like your kids are like, "What? Well, I, I like Aquafina." Well, I don't like Aquafina. <laughs> like, like, dude, we drank out of the hose. We drank out of the hose, and it was delicious. It's delicious. Nothing like a little hose water. Man. Um, okay, so here's what we've done. We've gone through some of the teams and we've just done the two things thing, right? The two things thing. So let's do the AFC let's do the AFC North. Or do you want to do the West or the North? It's a hard one. I, You know, we still have the Jets to do and I think the Jets are basically there's there's two things. One, what is Zach Wilson like when he comes back? And two, does Robert Sala know what he's doing? It didn't feel like he truly knew what he was doing last year. That said, hey, it's the first year. There's a lot of things we don't know. What I've talked to, and I've ta- I, I spent some time here the last couple of days talking to some staffs. And they, they all say, like, that first year, you're kind of dealing with the previous regimes, thoughts, styles. Sometimes they knew they were done and there's nothing left. Sometimes they, you know, there's all different situations. So first year can be a bit clunky and coaches learn on the job. But I think Salah's competency becomes a question if they look incompetent at the middle point to end of the season. And then the same thing for Zach Wilson. I don't want to say it's getting late early, but it's getting late early and hurt again. We'll see probably week four, maybe week five. He's going to have to show some improvement as he has better players around him. Uh, Let's go to the NFC North. The NFC North. This is the biggest question right now in football for the next day and a half. Is what do you do with Lamar Jackson? That was actually the reason I called some people this morning in the NFL. Was I was like, well, "What do you do with Lamar Jackson?" And their answer was quite simple. Um, don't know, but I wouldn't give him the two hundred fifteen guaranteed. So, so here's the issue that i I believe he's running into, is, you know, to to make it work. So they can continue to put people around him to make it kind of creative in getting him the most dollars guaranteed possible. Not going to the Deshaun Watson level, but going above and beyond that of Kyler Murray to get it there. It takes a level of creativity and it takes an understanding of how deals get done. And I don't think Lamar thinks that way. I think Lamar, because he's a player. He's not an agent. It's not about the creativity of it, about making it all work together. It's about Deshaun Watson got $250 million guaranteed. I have no baggage. I have an MVP. He has baggage and doesn't have an MVP. This is an easy one to me. Um, of the people I've spoken to in the NFL, no one has said give him Deshaun. They're all embarrassed by the Deshaun Watson contract. It's just, and the whole Deshaun Watson story in general. But the crazy part about it is that because he does if this was March and April, I I think would have a better chance of getting done because you could meet with him and walk him through like the Hey, look, we know you want a dollar figure. We're going to try and get you there. There's some creativity here. Here's how it works. But he's getting ready for the season. He's a player and a very, very good one. That's not what he does. You know, not using a traditional agent to be your agent. I don't think he gets a deal done. Because I think it would be, uh, it would be, there's a term I was looking for yesterday, right? Um, And I know what it is. It would be front office malpractice to give him the Deshaun Watson contract. Not because he's a bad dude, and not because of the ceiling even that he's shown to this point. Even if you say he's not going to get you to a Super Bowl... I would still sign up for, for Lamar Jackson if I knew he was going to be a slightly improved version of what we've seen every year in the natural progression of it. The problem is he regressed, some, he regressed some last year. He was also hurt last year, and he's never really gotten hurt yet, but it does feel like a yet, and that contract's five years guaranteed on top of this year. That would be six years guaranteed, and the idea that a guy who you don't want to take away his running, it's the best thing he does. So Lamar Jackson playing, thinking he's playing for a contract, does he not run the ball as much? Does he try and prove he's a passer? When he's both. He's a great running quarterback who can also throw. I think that's the biggest question. That and the overall health of the the Ravens. Those are the two questions. I wouldn't give him the money, not because I don't like him, it's just... That is an outlier contract. The rest of the contracts all look the same except for the Deshaun Watson thing, and it's out of sheer desperation coming from Cleveland. Wouldn't do it. I'm the Ravens. I'm not desperate. I've been good. i built the top 10 defense. I know what I've, d- what I've done. By the way, I-, I don't love Huntley as a starter, but considering how much less he makes in comparison to what Lamar Jackson wants, it's not crazy to keep him around and go like, look, if it gets crazy, we, we move Lamar and we move on. That's, a, that's really a one-question team, and the other question is health because they were so unhealthy last year. All right. For the Bengals, it's going to be, which are the, who are the Bengals? They were going to fire Zach Taylor after his first year, then all of a sudden they get to a Super Bowl. They've improved the offensive line on paper, doesn't improve in, in reality. Can they do that? And how do the Bengals, a team who are always maligned, how they deal with success? Browns, it's like two teams. Plus, once you get Deshaun back, what does he look like? He hadn't played football in a year and a half. Um, but they have, they have to have heightened expectations because Baker Mayfield took the hit as the guy who was holding them back. He's no longer there. Can't make that excuse anymore. And for the Pittsburgh Steelers, quarterback is a gigantic question mark. Gigantic question mark. And the defense appears to be good. Let's get back to... What has held the Steelers back the past couple years? Their inability to run the football. They've tried to draft it. They've tried to fix offensive line. They've tried to fix schemes. It all comes together, and Mitch Trubisky can really run. Does that fix their run game problems?
0: Did I miss anything, Byer, in the, in the AFC North? There's a lot with the Ravens. I'll, I'll say one thing about Pittsburgh. I know that there are a lot of questions about Mitchell Trubisky and Kenny Pickett and who should play quarterback. But I just wonder, even if Trubisky maybe isn't the guy, is he still better than Ben Roethlisberger was a year ago? And I actually think, yeah, I think he's a better option than them or, or than, than Ben was. So maybe Pittsburgh gets a little bit of a push for a team that did make the playoffs, even though they got in because the Raiders kicked the field goal at the end against the Chargers. They did make the playoffs last year. I think we're maybe sleeping on Pittsburgh a little. I don't think that they're like a, a great, great team, but if we're looking at are they better at quarterback with Mitchell Trubisky as opposed to the aged Ben Roethlisberger, I would say yes, so I don't think maybe we're talking about Pittsburgh as much.
7: I, You know, you you make a great point. Uh, I told, told people this, that um, what I was told in Pittsburgh was that there was half of their offense last year, they couldn't run because Ben Roethlisberger refused to turn his back to the defense. He couldn't run play action because he wouldn't turn his back to the defense. Um, Trubisky is a very good athlete. He's very good on rollouts because he's a good athlete, and because he wants this job, he'll run anything they tell him to run. Right? Sure. he's not gonna go, he's not gonna push back on it. I agree with you. Right? Is Mitchell Trubisky better than Ben Rothsberger? Empirically, no. But based on Ben Rothsberger last year and Mitchell Trubisky this year, I would say the answer is probably. Right? So that I agree with you. I agree with you. the the the, the difference though is that this division Remember, Baker was banged up and they were a mess last year. Right? They had to cut uh OBJ mid year. That was ugly. Right? The Ravens were a complete and utter, you know what show in terms of injuries, right? I think they went through like six they had six injuries to to running back. Um they never had their best offensive lineman all year. So I do think there's a chance that the Steelers are better, but so is the rest of the division. Fair.
0: Yeah. Well maybe not the Browns for a uh, you know, for those, for those games, yeah, for those games or twelve also games, fair.
7: whatever, also fair. Um, Demarcus Ware is going. When's Demarcus Ware joining us? I saw that that, that text. He's joining us, two twenty-five. Okay, we got Ben Bolin in like I don't know ten minutes. Ben Bolin covers the entire league. He'll help us go through uh, some of these teams in the AFC West, right? The AFC West, which looks like the best division in football. Can you expect the Chargers to actually win these games? What do the Chiefs look like? I don't want to give away all my answers. But we got a lot to get to. The two things, I love this. Two things on every team. AFC West and NFC West is upcoming next. From the Tyrac.com studios, this is the Doug Gottlieb Show.
3: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
6: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Juan Gabriel. Juan Gis. Selena.
3: Selena.
6: Celia Cruz.
9: Azúcar. Harold G. La Bichota.
5: on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.
7: What up with you, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, All right, so we did the, uh, what, the AFC North? North? Um, Let's do the AFC West. This is the most fun division and, on paper, the most competitive division. Right. Um, So I'll start with the Raiders because they were the wild card last year. They were the most surprising team. And it appears like they got two really good rush ends. Right. Really, really good. And they now have a great wide receiver. And we know that Derek Carr is their quarterback. They they got kind of a turnstile at at running back. Josh Jacobs is going to get the ball a lot, but it doesn't feel like they're super invested in his future. That may cause them to use him a lot. He's good back. Um, still trying to revamp that offensive line. My questions on the Raiders are um, anytime you come in with a completely new fly, there's a lot of change there, a lot of change. And the reports were that in the preseason games, they looked very organized, very well prepared, but it's important to point out they didn't play their starters. So we don't know what they're going to look like. But there's been a lot of change with the Raiders. How do they adjust to that change in short order? That's a big question for me. And then we all know of the relationship between Derek Carr and Devontae Adams. That's a big portion of why Devontae Adams is in Las Vegas. And that's a good thing. But it's not always the best thing when you force the ball to one guy. He's got a tremendous tight end who wants to get paid. He's got a very good slot wide receiver. Can't force the ball to Devontae Adams. How do they manage that? I have a lot of questions about the defensive side of the football because you're, you're playing. Gus Bradley's style is completely different than the style they're playing now. Um, but the Raiders, that, that's part of the change element to it. And then do they force the ball to Devontae Adams? Kansas City Chiefs, what do they look like without Tyreek Hill? What do they look like without Tyreek Hill? Last year, last couple years really, they would kind of mess around with teams, let them hang around, let them hang around, and then all of a sudden they decide, okay, let's win, them, win now. They'd hit Kelsey, they hit Tyreek Hill, and that was the game. I, they, they obviously can't do that now without Tyreek Hill. Can they, can they run the football? And the defense feels better at, at, at certain places than they've been. But now that the offense may not have that prolific, game-breaking player like Tyreek Hill, can the defense get stops earlier in the game so that the games aren't all close? Uh, for the Broncos, you got a head coach who's never coached, been a head coach before. How does that all work? And then the adjustment in the defense when Vic Fangio, maybe not a great head coach, great defensive mind, that was his baby. How, how are they with him gone, Von Miller gone, kind of whole new defensive side? Chargers, isn't it as easy as can they stop the run and can they not charge her? And Jay Stu, is that good enough? Can they stop the run and can they not charge her?
8: Yeah, I think that second point is the, the one that we're going to be talking about a lot this year.
7: Well, the first point is it's a lot like what the Raiders are going to go through. You know, Gus Bradley, he liked a lot less size up front. He liked guys kind of getting at using speed and athleticism. Um, but the style which the Chargers played last year and this year, really you're playing your safeties are so far back. You're playing with seven really in the box. And in order to play seven in the box, you've got to be stout against the run, and they had to change some personnel. I think that the Raiders are going, going to go through. It's not the same defensive style the Chargers are playing, but it's much. They need much more size than what Gus had there. That'd be a tough, a tough change. But anyway, that, that's the Chargers thing. You, th- you think it's will they Charger or not Charger?
8: Yeah, and and then you take a look at the personnel on that defensive um, on the defense, and there mm-hmm. are some like. Key new names there, Khalil Mack being the first, and then a r- couple rookies. And Kyle Van Noy is one of our linebackers this year.
7: Yeah, how much he got left in the tank? Exactly, good hitter, but good against the run. I think that's why he's that's why he's there. Stug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, okay, let's welcome in Ben Volant from the Boston Globe. He joins us live in the com studios. Um. Ben, let's let's begin with the AFC West. Uh, We've been kind of going through the divisions and just going, hey, two questions If they answer in both in the affirmative. They're likely to make the playoffs maybe deeper in the negative. They won't make the playoffs and maybe that somebody will be fired. But the AFC West looks like it has the most talented lot of quarterbacks in terms of top to bottom. You also have star players on on both rosters. Is is there a team that you believe in less than the others?
10: Yeah, the the Denver Broncos are the team that I'm thinking is getting a little too much hype right now. And I understand it. Russell Wilson uh, is a superstar, at least we think he is. And we've seen with teams like the Rams, you know, what effect that or with Tom Brady, you know, with Matt Stafford and Tom Brady, the effect that a new quarterback can have. I'm just a little curious about Russell Wilson. I'm not sure if he is going to fit in seamlessly right away. There was this ESPN article that just came out um, where the Seahawks are said to, they think Russell Wilson's better days are behind him right now. He, he already lost one receiver, uh, Tim Patrick, big 6'4 guy. He tore his ACL in training camp. They're relying on a lot of guys who have talent, but uh, it's more potential than production so far. in the defense, they lost Von Miller. It's kind of, A new-look defense. They're counting a lot on Randy Gregory, a guy who's not necessarily been able to stay on the field throughout his career. So um, it's a division where there's so much talent that they're going to cannibalize each other. Um, And and I just think the the Broncos, you know, certainly Russell Wilson could be the difference maker. I just am a little skeptical that they're going to instantly click and, and all of a sudden be a Super Bowl contender.
7: Scott Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Ben Bolin's joining us. Do you think the Ravens and Lamar Jackson agree to terms before tomorrow's deadline?
10: It doesn't seem like it. It, it seems like Lamar Jackson is, is holding firm with what he wants, and I think there's a lot of questions about whether he wants kind of the Deshaun Watson deal, the fully guaranteed five-year, $200-plus million deal. I can definitely understand the Ravens not wanting to do that, and you'll notice that the guys that have gotten contracts since Watson you know most notably Russell Wilson last week they didn't get the fully guaranteed deals um if if that's what if Lamar Jackson really wants the full guarantee that that thing he's probably gonna have to settle for a lower dollar figure or fewer years but uh, I don't think he they're gonna sign and I think part of it is that Lamar Jackson's still in a pretty good place if he does the franchise tag game You know, if the Ravens tag him this year and then if they did it again the next year which would be an automatic 20% raise he's still looking at like a massive two year 80, 90, 100 million dollar payday so unless the Ravens come to him with what he wants I I could see Lamar Jackson especially because he doesn't have an agent he's kind of going it alone I could see him playing it out betting on himself and saying if I have to do the franchise tag thing then I'm going to do it
7: yeah I, I think that I mean I honestly think even though it hurt them against the cap, it would help them in terms of cash on hand. And it'd be smart for the Ravens because it doesn't mean you don't love LeVar. Just, you know, six years guaranteed because it'd be this year plus five more. Right. That's that's not only a crazy amount of money, but a crazy amount of risk considering how he play. Like you don't want to take away how he plays. Don't want to take that away from him. On the other hand, you got to be smart, and how how much do you want to go in guaranteed, knowing the likelihood of injury based upon how he plays the position?
10: No question. And look, I still think there are some legitimate questions about Lamar Jackson and whether his style of play can win in the playoffs. I mean, we know he's a phenomenal regular season quarterback, but when it comes time for postseason, you know, he, his style of play, you really need to play from ahead. And I know he's, he's had that one win where they came back from an early – nothing deficit but otherwise he's not a come from behind type of quarterback for the most part and and certainly hasn't proven it in the offseason and I think the Ravens are probably a little hesitant to commit like you said six guaranteed years to a guy who's not the most proficient pocket quarterback and you know as a runner how long is he going to be able to be an elite athlete and take the hits and not not get injured and stay healthy and all that so I think there's legitimate risk from the Ravens. And I think if you're Lamar Jackson, you're like, I'm a former league MVP. I'm 25 years old. I'm, I'm, you know, the future of the NFL and I deserve it. So I think both sides are kind of right. And that's why I think there's going to be a little bit of a stalemate.
7: Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox sports radio. That's the voice of Ben Volan, who joins us Rams taking on the bills. God, this feels weird, but the bills are everybody's pick seemingly to go to the Super Bowl out of the AFC. What's the biggest cost for concern if you were breaking down the bills?
10: Yeah, just what you just said. I think just the hype and the expectations, it's its almost not fair. I mean, everyone and their mother is picking the bills, and I did too. I mean, I, I have them going to the Super Bowl. I, I've got them losing to Tom Brady and the Bucks. But, I mean, everyone is picking the bills, and it's like – have we forgotten that the AFC is absolutely stacked this year? I mean, do we forget about Joe Burrow and the Bengals and Patrick Mahomes isn't going anywhere? And we already talked about how good the AFC West is. And, oh, there's the Titans and the Ravens and the Dolphins. I mean, just for the Bills to be so overwhelming, it, it just seems like the expectations are way out of control. This is a team that still hasn't proven they can really win in the postseason. The Chiefs two years in a row have knocked them off. Sean McDermott needs to prove that he doesn't melt down in crucial moments. I mean, you know, this is not exactly a team that's proven it can win, and yet they are the overwhelming favorites. And I I just worry that they will, you know, collapse under the weight of all the expectations, that anything less than a Super Bowl victory is going to be considered a a disappointment for the Bills. But, look, on paper they look awesome, and I definitely think they're going to be there at the end. But, yeah, the hype right now just seems a little out of control for the Buffalo Bills.
7: It's Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. What about the Rams?
10: I don't sense as much hype for them. Uh, it, it's really all about the Bills right now, and you know the Rams are going to be in the mix. And I think people are considering them among the favorites in the NFC. But I think you see as many picks for the Packers and um, for the Buccaneers. Obviously, you know the NFC is down, so the Rams are going to be right there. I think a lot of us are expecting Odell Beckham to be a mid-season uh, addition. You know, the thing that can derail the Rams one is Matthew Stafford's elbow. We'll see. We'll see how this holds up. Uh, the, the claim now is that he's feeling better than he has at points last year, but then the fact that he didn't really participate much in training camp certainly raises an eyebrow. So, you know, the, with Stafford, the injuries, and then the whole Super Bowl, you know, hangover thing. Are they still as motivated as last year? They still have the pass rush now that they've lost. Vaughn Miller, who was such an impact player for them. So, the, you know, the Rams, I, I think, have just the issues of, of overconfidence uh, that a lot of other Super Bowl champions do, too. But they, they should be right there in the end, as long as Stafford stays healthy. And, and to me, that's kind of the big wild card.
7: It's Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. That, of course, is the boy, the voice of Ben Volan. He covers the entire league uh, for the Boston Globe. He's joining us live from the Tyrackcom studios here on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. You know, um, I feel like McCarthy is going to get fired this year. It was like last year there was a bunch of end game. And this year he may do a better job, but, man, they, all those injuries up front, that does not bode well for a successful season for the Cowboys, especially based upon how they're built.
10: No, you lose your left tackle and you have to go with a rookie at left tackle. That's, that's certainly asking for trouble. You know, I will give Jerry Jones a lot of credit. He, he showed a lot of patience with Jason Garrett as his head coach after kind of cycling through Parcells and Wade Phillips and Dave Campo over the years. I mean, he gave Jason Garrett a decade, and there were many seasons where people thought that Garrett should have gotten the hook, and Jerry Jones stood by him. So, you know, after going 12-5 and last year with the Cowboys, I know they had a disappointing ending by losing in the wild card round, but I'd be shocked, you know, barring a total meltdown by the Cowboys this year, uh, you know if they go 5 and 12 then sure everything's on the table but if they are competitive and, and at least make you know are are there in December even if they don't make the playoffs if they're a 9 and 8 team i'd be surprised if Jerry Jones fired Mike McCarthy cuz Jerry Jones has actually shown some surprising restraint you know that said he is spending a ton of money on Dak Prescott and some of his weapons so he he certainly expects results but but barring a, a total collapse this year i think Mike McCarthy's probably going to be safe Um, but Jerry Jones would like to see some progress for sure. It's
7: Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox sports radio. Um, a lot of things to get to with, with Ben Volan. Uh, we, we've, we've dealt with the two teams that are playing tonight. Um, what about Baker Mayfield? I think one of the big games this weekend is going to be Baker Mayfield against his old team, right? Against the, the Cleveland Browns. But, Matt Rule's a guy people think is on is on the hot seat. They make a big move. They bring in Baker. Is Baker good enough to keep Rule employed?
10: That is a great question. Uh, I, I do sense David Tepper, the owner there of the Panthers, is very impatient, and you see that in the way they're just burning money and going through quarterbacks and just trying to figure something out. Uh, I, I don't know if it's like playoffs or bust for for Matt Rule, but. They do need to be an eight, nine win team at least this year and be competitive. I don't know if Baker is the answer. He, he's really regressed the last few years. Um, you know, he was in a pretty quarterback friendly offense there in Cleveland with, with Kevin Stefanski, who did some really good things with Kirk Cousins in Minnesota. And uh, Baker just went backwards and obviously lost the locker room too there, and, and guys didn't necessarily believe in him. Maybe this was a humbling experience, and maybe he can. You know, because he's not the man anymore. He's not the number one pick in Carolina. He's just kind of the guy who was discarded by his first team. So maybe that that humbling experience for him will help him with his leadership. Um, but still, to me, he is kind of an undersized quarterback. Doesn't hang in the pocket enough. You know, the size doesn't have to be a detriment as as Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson have shown. But Baker Mayfield isn't that type of athlete and. Uh, ju- just really played his way out of the job last year in Cleveland. So I'd be surprised if the Panthers were anything more than a middle-of-the-road team this year. And then, you know, David Tepper needs to figure out, is firing the coach going to be the answer, or do they just need to find the quarterback? Because that's a team that has really just thrown a lot of darts at different quarterbacks and haven't hit one yet.
7: The Saints have J- Jameis Winston back. they got most of their team back, including Mike Thomas back, who hadn- basically not played in two years. Um... Are they the team that we're forgetting about that that's got a chance?
10: Yeah, I've got them making the wild card this this year and uh Peter King had them winning the NFC South, which was certainly a bold take. I know they've they've dominated the Bucs in the regular season. I still am skeptical of the, the Saints putting together a, a twelve win regular season and it is because of the quarterback position. Jameis was off to a good start last year, but now you know, now he's coming off with torn ACL. Now you take Sean Payton out of the equation, who knows what that's going to look like. They did surround him with some good talent. You know, I love the addition of Chris Olave there, along with Mike Thomas and then Jarvis Landry. So that's potentially three very good receivers for Jameis Winston. But him coming off his ACL... I think last year a little bit of it was smoke and mirrors too, and like he tore his ACL at just the right time before the league started figuring him out a little bit. So I do think the Saints will be a good team, and I've got them as a wild card. But I have a hard time seeing them as anything more than that, just because I don't love their quarterback situation.
7: Who did you have in the Super Bowl? I
10: picked. uh, I went really, you know, off the board here. I picked Tom Brady in the Bucks to crush the souls of the people of Buffalo and to, to beat the Bills. So I'm going with Bucs-Bills, but, you know, the AFC to me is wide open. And, and like I said, I'm shocked that the Bills are such a heavy favor because I could see eight teams in the conference realistically making the Super Bowl.
7: And it's really interesting. people. You know, Brian Dable was seen as kind of a genius and a quarterback whisper. He's no longer there. We'll see uh, what that's like with Ken Dorsey, who's well, obviously played the position – very well-respected, but new into that, into that level of, of a role. Ben Bolin, check out his work in the Boston Globe. He does an outstanding job as their senior NFL writer. Ben, you're the best, man. Enjoy the kickoff of the season. We'll talk to you next week.
10: All right, thanks a lot, Doug.
7: Coming up uh, on the Doug Gottlieb Show, live in the Tyrac.com studios, wait to hear what Dan Patrick said about all the Super Bowl predictions we've been hearing. That's next.
3: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals.
6: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Juan Gabriel. Juan Guis. Selena.
4: Selena.
9: Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Harold G. La Bichota.
5: On the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.
7: Oh, Air Guitar. I got a funny story for you as we're talking guitars, Jason Stewart. Yeah. Do you remember the concert you asked me about going to uh, two days ago?
8: Yeah. Uh, we could talk about it out loud, right? Yeah. Iron Maiden. Iron Maiden. Um, so... This
7: is interesting. So, so I, went to, I took my daughter to Goo Goo Dolls on Friday, and I was, Chase and I were talking about uh, my daughter, who's a rocker. She's got a big show in San Clemente this uh, tomorrow night. Um, and, you know, she loves rock, music, all different genres of, of rock music. And she had hit me up about Iron Maiden. And then Jason's like, I really want to go to Iron Maiden. I was like, this is amazing. How many people are going to talk to me? So I walk into (laughs) our basketball gym last night and one of my buddy, Rob comes up to me. He's like, um, uh, a mutual friend of ours. He's like my, our buddy, John, you know, John, I go, yeah, actually, John, full disclosure is one of my lawyers to just help me clean up this, this deal that we cleaned up yesterday. Right. So, uh, Uh, he's like, I, you know, I'm, I'm getting together with John. I go, Oh really? Like, tell me, I'll go get coffee. He's like, no, we're going to Iron Maiden. He's like, no way. How are all (laughs) the ships pointed in the direction of Iron Maiden?
8: That's amazing. So
7: so then what I did was I was like, you know, I'm not sure I know who Iron Maiden, like what they sing. And so I spent a good portion of last night watching Iron Maiden videos. They don't have like, what's their go-to
8: song? Well, Run to the Hills is probably yeah. their, their anthem. Um, but that's kind of the cool part about Iron Maiden is that they've been doing music since the mid-'70s and have an amazing catalog of music, but they just don't have those like mainstream hits. So the fandom, the people that follow them, love the fact that they, they just kick ass but haven't quote-unquote sold out. You know, They don't have that... They don't have that one Enter Sandman song, you know, that kind of hit it big. It's- well,
7: it's funny. We were talking about She's Big on Metallica, too. We were talking about Met- Metallica, and I was just like, oh, Enter Sandman, right? This classic sports guy. I, 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 I remember it. Um, anyway, Ramos, do you approve of Iron Maiden? Were you an Iron Maiden guy back in the day?
10: No, I was not. I don't. I approve of any group that you enjoy and want to go see, of course. But I personally, uh,
8: if you offered me the tickets to see Iron Maiden, I would, I would say thank you, but no thanks. <laughs> That's great. Mm, there you go. One of my all-time um, favorites. It, it's heavy metal, so it's like it's not everyone's cup of tea, you know.
7: No, I would go no. see Motley Crue. I love Motley Crue, but Motley Crue is—they're they, the opposite, right? They—they kind of sold out with some of their songs. Okay. Is, that, is that fair? Is that fair, Jay
8: They absolutely sold out. They turned into a hair band when they—they they lost them. They were a hair, hair band. into the hair. Well, they were kind of a cool metal band in the early '80s, and then they turned—they totally sold out.
7: Right. A to lot make of the money, know.
8: same with hey, Kiss. Hey, Right. Uh, well, Kiss, that was all the makeup, You're right? right? They, were, they were kind of a facade from the beginning.
7: <laughs> yeah, yeah. They kind of did the makeup, you know. Um, well,
8: let's get to what the fuck And is. now.
7: <laughs> what does the Fox say? Uh, on the Dan Patrick show earlier today, Dan talked about all the predictions for the Super bowl.
4: Let me mention this. I know everybody loves the Buffalo Bills, which scares me because we're never right. The consensus, like. But then I had you know, NFL scouts saying, why are you overthinking this? And he posed the question to me. The friend of mine says, what if the Rams didn't win the Super Bowl last year? Would you pick them? I said, probably. He said, sometimes it's right in front of you, and you don't want to acknowledge that the Rams are still the team to beat in the NFC. But because teams don't repeat as Super Bowl champs, people won't pick the Rams this year. He said, that to me is flawed logic. I said, but I have history on my side. They don't repeat. So do I take the Rams, and the Rams may have gotten better in the offseason? Keep in mind, Super Bowl odds last year, the Rams were fourth. So they were there. It's not a big surprise that they did go to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl. But if the Rams didn't win the Super Bowl last year, how many people would look at them, to go back, or just to go to the Super Bowl, I'd say a majority, not the consensus we have with the Buffalo Bills.
7: It's an interesting way to look at it, right? Are we? We're, it's it's the idea of being result. Are we result oriented or are we process oriented? And I think that's, I think that's fascinating. And because it's it's a lot like we didn't pick the Niners. Like, well, you know, the Niners. But the Niners were one dropped interception away from going to the Super Bowl themselves. And they beat the Packers in Green Bay. Like, there's a legit reason why you would why you would buy into the Niners as much as the Rams. You know? But I think that's one of the reasons you pick the Bills. It's like, instead of being result-oriented with the Bengals, or maybe even the, the fact the Chiefs have been there, like, the, the Bills were better than the Chiefs last year, and they should have won the game. They just gave it away in the last 13 seconds of... Regulation and could not get a stop in overtime when it just kind of became an onslaught, and I'm sure they were exhausted. It's
0: a fascinating way to look at it.
7: Brady Quinn, LaVar Arrington, and Jonas Knox earlier this morning had this exchange about the wild NFL offseason.
0: The amount of money, obviously, it set financial records um, for, for offseason spending, and this was a very, very quarterback-heavy um, offseason just very quarterback heavy and and you know what it was a great off season for receivers too like right. they reset the market as as well there was a lot of big contracts done um and some interesting, like you guys, some just some interesting moves. So, I mean, Dude, I'll tell got, you this: we it got was Von void Miller. Of entertainment. Von we Miller. got Von Miller in McFair. Buffalo. Yeah. We got Eric yeah. Donald who came out of retirement to sign back. We had Sean yeah. McVay after winning Sean the Super Bowl looking yeah. at potentially TV contracts. Um, yeah. I mean, Khalil Mack is now in Los Angeles Chargers. Chandler Jones is in Las Vegas. Like, I mean, we had so much movement. And so many like star players finding homes elsewhere. Devontae Adams with the Raiders. I mean, it's just—it
8: is weird uh, though when you name because like, there's always
0: movement in the off season when it comes to free agency. And Bull, you get you'll get some Bull, trades. Bull, can, we, can we pause for a second? Can we talk about the TV movement? Yeah, I mean, that's part of it. Like that's, even even how it's presented, all of like, it. We had we had a Fox crew move to Monday Night Football. Yeah, we have yeah. Kirk, Kirk Street who we've seen on Saturdays, now moved to Thursday Night Football. Yeah. Like, there has been a ton of movement. You know, yeah, Greg Olson, has. Kevin Burkhardt, those guys are taking over. And then the news of Tom Brady.
7: Yeah, I don't think the, the TV movement has anybody actually cares in the real world. I, I, just, I just don't. Like, I get it. Brady, like, works in the industry and, and, you know, within our circles. But I don't think anybody cares. I don't. You know, it would be a little weird, Herbie doing the NFL. But we all grown up with Herbie calling the biggest college football games. It's not like he's out of nowhere. The the change is going to be Fox and that'll be interesting in the Super Bowl. But there's a chance Tom Brady calls the Super Bowl anyway. If they don't make the Super Bowl, he's under contract. Um, And Greg Olson is really, really good. May not be the gigantic name of a Brady or a Troy, but he's really, really good. They'll be fine in terms of the offseason movement. I look, I think there's a lot of drama, and I do think the NFL is becoming a little bit like the NBA, and I'm not sure all of that is a good thing, but it does keep attention on the league. All right, coming up next on the Doug Gottlieb Show, live from the TyRac.com studios, the Buccaneers really the team to beat in the NFC South. We discuss next.
1: I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast.